0: Boy and girl meet cute and then rob banks. A medical professional talks to the animals. A young man finishes college and enters into a complicated relationship. A woman brings her fiance to meet the parents and an out of town detective helps solve a murder. This time on the Oscar should have gone to 1967.
1: And the Oscar goes to and the Oscar goes to
0: the winner is in the heat of
1: the night. Hey, Meg. Hey, Craig, how's it going? We're
0: on day two hundred sixty eight of quarantine. <laughs>
1: I've kind of lost my will to drink. I'm having coffee this morning.
0: I um. had uh, I had two White Claws last night. Um, can I tell you uh, what I did this week?
1: Uh, yeah, please.
0: I stole a 12-pack of White Claws. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. That's not something I, that the Craig I, I know deci- would do. I had decided that I had reached the point in quarantine to try White Claw. And I put them all the way at the bottom of my cart.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've done and this just before. Forgot
0: to, just forgot to grab. And as I was loading the car, I realized I hadn't paid for them. And I figured, you know, I've given so much money to Ralph <laughs> over the last <laughs> six weeks that the least they can do is is, is cop you some,
1: some White Claw. Um, what are your thoughts on White Claw? It's fine. Yeah. It's solidly fine. The first yeah. time I had it, I was like, this is great. And then subsequent times I've been like, yeah, it's all right. I can get why like like a like a 17,
0: 18 year old would be really into it because there's, no, there's almost no flavor yeah, at all. Yeah, there's nothing. So thinking that they're getting drunk and they're not really tasting anything. It's just like when, you know, you first start drinking beer, all you really want to drink is something like a Bud Light because yeah. it's There's no flavor flavorful. in it? Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, I was a PBR girl myself, but. Sure. Well, hmm. you were always hip. Hip. Hip, hip, yeah. hip, hip, hap, hip, hip happening. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's good for you. I'm glad that you did that. I walked to Starbucks and got a mobile order, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Everything feels... Uh, I w- Listen, this is the other thing, too. I went to Target yesterday. I went and got ice cream. Mm-hmm. Life goes on just with masks.
0: Yeah. we. Uh, there was an earthquake last night also. Was there? Yeah, about oh. 3 a.m. there was an earthquake. Not a major one. Um, I definitely felt it because I went to bed at midnight and then fell asleep at two (laughs) forty-five. So the earthquake woke me up at three and then I was up for another two hours and fifteen minutes. And then my wife came in to let me know one of the cat one of the cats threw up, which is not the usual cat that throws up. So it's actually worrisome. When Oliver throws up, we're just like, Well, this is something we deal with now. He's got
1: but, uh, what a what a gr- what an excellent life! So you're yeah. running you're you're running on a hundred right now. You're doing I great. I've I've always been a good sleeper,
0: and I definitely have full on developed insomnia during this quarantine.
1: Yeah, welcome to my world. Yeah. Uh, welcome to my world. As I said before, I took a, half a Unisom last night and felt crazy all night long. Maybe that's why I was awake at like three. Yeah, because the earthquake woke me up and I didn't know. Anyway. This is going to be an interesting episode. Thank God we have a professional here.
0: Yes, we do. We have a great guest. Um, this is the first time we have had a guest across the country. Zoom has brought us into a whole new world. Um, coming to us live, uh, a person who lives in New York usually, but he's coming to us from Boston, where he's uh, he's moved his quarantine, at least temporarily. Um, Beantown. Actor, actor, writer, comedian, one of my best friends. Christopher Cafaro is with us. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, buddy. <laughs> that was a very sweet intro. Oh well, that's well. That'll probably be the end of it. So. Chris,
1: you're kind of like the de facto third host because when I was in Spain, when was I in Spain? Two years ago. Sure,
2: I don't recall personally, but didn't I you think- guys?
1: You guys did a you got no. no?
0: No, Joe Gillette.
1: That was Joe. Okay, sorry, yeah. mixed up my uh, best friends of Craig's. Well, Chris <laughs> is still great, and uh, we love him. I like yeah. him as actually, I like him more than Joe. Chris is the best. Chris Thanks. for the win.
0: Yeah, sorry, Joe.
1: <laughs> sorry,
0: he's not listening. It's it's fine. It's it's totally fine. Um, Chris, how's your? Uh, we talked about this a little bit off mic, but how's your quarantine been? How you doing? Uh, it's been good. I mean, you know, I. And I'm just grateful
2: that mm, I'm healthy, my family's healthy. Trying my best to stay busy and get out of everybody's way. Let the pros and the
0: heroes do their thing. Mm -hmm. And just hoping for the best on the other side of this thing. Chris just did... uh, Chris has a sketch group in New York, and they just did a live stream sketch show uh, and raised money for the New York Food Bank. They raised over... $4,000? Yeah, over 4
2: grand.
1: Wow, that's really, incredible, Chris.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're super that was the best part. But it was nice to have a task and yeah. um Zoom has sort of brought this whole new level of production to all of us, And so we sort of taught ourselves how to produce a live hour-long TV show and did it and raised some money, so there's a little good that can come out of this. Hopefully we can make it happen, you know.
1: See, yeah. I knew I liked him more than Joe. Yeah. What's Joe doing? Chris Chris, is, Chris did it all. Chris does it all. Yeah, I give back. I don't rob grocery stores.
0: <laughs> Malt <and> beverages. <laughs> Listen, if those workers were so essential, they would have stopped me on the way
1: out. Ralph himself is is going broke in this entire situation. Did you hear that yeah. the Lakers applied for a small business loan?
0: Yeah, that they had to give it back. Yeah.
2: And it was granted for yeah. million dollars.
1: Wild um, times. We're living I in heard wild that, times.
0: I heard that every NBA franchise got one except for the Charlotte Hornets because they have an African-American owner.
2: <laughs> <It's> very, very <laughs> funny.
0: <laughs> the, uh, Knicks, the
2: Knicks got it, but they lost it already. Yeah, it's already gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, should we dive in here, guys?
2: Let's do it. This I'm so ready.
0: Much- um, so 1967. Did Chris pick this year? Well, so we kind of did. I sort of pitched it just because some of – like half the movies were streaming, three of the five movies were streaming. So usually I, I get uh, copies of the films to our guests, but obviously with him across the country, that wasn't as possible. Um, so we figured this would be a good year. Also, the other year that he was interested in 1962, um, I think all five of the movies were... Over two hours, and four of them were over
1: two hours and 45 minutes. Okay, so thank you so much for shooting that down, because this was a delight, especially because I forgot to start, like, I forgot until, like, three days ago that we were doing this, so then I had to kind of cram them all in. Um, and it wasn't a pain at all, with one notable exception.
0: Yeah. I would I would say that there are, for me, like, a good movie, a very good movie, two great movies, and then a truly horrible one. <laughs> Uh,
1: Let's find out Which is which
0: Um, So the first
1: movie Bonnie and Clyde B and C As I like to call it Oh I put on B and C I'm watching B and C Yeah. Um,
0: Warren Beatty is hot Was it weird to anyone else That uh, La La Land and Moonlight Did not come up at all During the film though
1: (laughs) it's, It's gone over my head
0: the uh, remember, uh, you know how this is an Oscar podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you remember at the Oscars when Warren Beatty? And oh yeah, right, know, right, remember. right, right.
1: And um, what's his, what's her name? Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway.
0: Yeah, it was. She, it, it, they were presenting because it was the 50th anniversary of Bonnie and
1: Clyde. Right. Well, the reason why not, the, neither of those movies came up be, is because this was well, this was 50 years before those movies existed. Oh, was that not, oh. not clear?
0: Oh no! I thought it was. I thought it was like modern day now.
1: No, I. It was a well made. It was a well made movie. Like no, that's incorrect.
2: And I didn't realize how old Neil Hirsch is. Uh, <laughs> he was. He
0: looks great.
1: Yeah. Uh, Are we talking about Jordan Morris?
0: Sorry, there's, there's too many a, references There's a going former on. Uh, guest of ours who's a popular podcast host who actually looks. Exactly, like that actor. He never responded. To that, by the way, I sent him the pictures.
1: Did he not? Well, he's busy. He's 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 writing a movie yeah, with Seth Rogen now. So yeah, um, he looks exactly like Jordan Morris looks exactly like W W C something or other. C W Moss. C. W. Moss thank you. Yeah. C W Moss. Yeah.
0: W. Moss. Yeah. Um, this is a good movie.
1: Yeah.
2: I, can, <laughs> I am I allowed to say this that it was my favorite. Of the bunch, I
0: mean, you're kind of you're you're blowing it at the end. We're gonna rank them at the end, but it's fine. Yeah, oh, what are you gonna do? Kick you off a podcast? It's exactly what we're gonna do. Thank you for joining us, Chris. Thank guys.
1: <laughs> now that Chris is gone, I like Joe so much more. Like, let me just be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really like this movie a lot. Um, okay. I again, I think Faye Dunaway, even in in her acting choices in this, is like a little cuckoo bananas. But apparently, Bonnie Parker was. True, like I did a deep dive on Bonnie and Clyde after this, and like she was truly an insane person. And also, they were very violent. Like the like uh, anyway, I, I mean the the it's interesting. This is the the movie kind of makes them out to be like a little bit like folksy heroes, and like you know, right. like it's all fun. We're Robin Banks. Like Clyde won't fuck me. Which was he gay? Probably.
0: I wrote that. Perhaps is that perhaps the greatest film performance in history? Us believing that Warren Beatty won't fuck along. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like that wrinkle though. That was uh, unexpected. I so I don't know much about Bonnie and Clyde like historically before watching this.
1: They were bad. They were not good people. They were. I'm it familiar. wasn't like it wasn't like a like a oh they're fun on the road like whatever they like straight up were. Bad murderer people and Bonnie was probably sociopathic.
2: Yeah. Right. What I really liked about the the film was how they really showed the development of that, though. They weren't just like psychopaths right off the bat. Right. And after, you know, he first kills that sheriff and shoots him through the window of the car, he's like super affected by having killed somebody. Yeah. That was like a nice little moment I thought as opposed to just like oh yep they're bad from the get
1: yeah yeah I like that too I think I mean I don't think that's actually I mean I'm not a, again I, I I did a dive but not I'm not a like <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde scholar I actually don't think they felt bad uh but for the purposes of this movie they did a really great job of like showing how things really um escalated also, the woman that played um, Blanche.
0: Estelle Parsons.
1: Yes, who won, whatever. Um, the real Blanche consulted on this movie. Oh. hmm Apparently hated her, hated Estelle's performance, said she made her out to be like a screechy, you know, something or other. Um, but she did uh, consult on the movie because she went to jail for six years and then was released.
0: I wrote down, um, there's that one scene where she's literally just running and screaming. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a real mood. I can't believe no one's just used that over and over again on Twitter right now. (laughs) I'm I'm surprised that that gif is not just running crazy on Twitter every single day, because that's how I feel at all times, just wanting to run around screaming.
1: Yeah. Was she holding like a spatula, too, or something? Just like.
0: Was that when the police showed up? Yeah. 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 It's, yeah, when, when they all kind of jump in the car and they have to pick her up.
1: Yeah, that was very funny. Also, Gene Wilder in the, Gene Wilder in the, in the car just going, step on it, Velma. Step on it, Velma, was, was the other my other favorite funny part. You want to know something crazy, uh, speaking of Gene Wilder and
0: Gene Hackman, the two genes that are both in this film? Yeah, this
1: film is lousy with jeans.
0: Yeah. Uh, so this was Gene Wilder's first film. And it's Gene Hackman's fifth film, but his first, like, big role. But I only bring it up because four years later are Willy Wonka and The Fringe Connection, which are maybe the two roles they're best known for. Yeah. Which I know can still happen, but it seems wild, especially when you think of people like that, that it was, like, four years before the iconic roles that we still know them for, 50 years later, they were making their film debuts. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or even later in 1967, he shot The Producers. Yeah. So he went from like a you know, a little cameo essentially in yeah. this yeah. film to a huge role.
1: Though he steals every scene he is in. He yeah. is very, I mean, it's almost like he's in the wrong movie. Like he's in a different movie because it's such a comedic performance. Like, and it's nothing that he's saying that that's funny, but he, the way Gene Wilder says stuff is it can't not be super funny. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, um, and they're, Telling that joke about the milk.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: loads of laughter.
1: They can't stop laughing, and everybody else in the car is like, we've heard this a million times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, You know, I'm also not a scholar on the er, actual Bonnie and Clyde. I know a little more about 97 Bonnie and Clyde, um, which, of course, is uh, Eminem and his daughter, Haley. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> The, I could see why these people could become folk heroes at this time, even though they were sociopathic, violent people because of the bank issues.
1: Right, and they, they were the at first. Everyone hated the banks. And they were at first, and then they started killing um, like civilians and right. and really going hard after police officers, and yeah. so public opinion turned, yeah. and then people wanted them, like they would in, in newspapers, they'd publish like, you know, there was like a cartoon of like uh, like an electric chair and so like reserved for Bonnie and Clyde and you know yeah. anyway
0: because I kept thinking I was like if this could happen again now if it was nonviolent and someone was like actually robbing like giant banks yeah I feel like a bunch of people in this country would be like yeah okay yeah I mean fuck those guys I just lost
1: my house that,
2: like they made that movie it was called Fun with Dick and Jane
1: <laughs> oh I missed that one
2: starring Jim Carrey and Tia Leone
1: I think most people missed that one I think even Taye Leone missed that one. Yeah.
0: She couldn't get out that week,
1: but. No. Um, Yeah, no, I think that it's, uh, I I, I think this is just like a really well made, also the end is very violent when they, how they die, which Uh again, also by the way, true. They were each shot over 50 times. That's true? Yep.
2: Oh. Because it was comedic. It, it was almost comedic how much they were...
1: They're so like... <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were each shot over 50 times. They, em- they emptied, like, 200 rounds at the car.
2: You kill cops. That's that's the yeah. way it
1: goes. Yeah. You kill cops, they're coming after you hard. Um, that uh, The initial... Um, or one of the
0: robberies early on... I did write down the police response is incredible. Because they walk out of the bank and within... 25 seconds there are seven cop cars
1: well there's like two there's like two streets in the town
0: yeah but still they gotta get in the car they gotta drive a block and a half
1: that's true that's true
0: i also i have a question to pose to you guys based on this film what would you cut off your toes for
1: oh that's funny to end quarantine (laughs) as a matter of fact uh, already done it So you'd just you'd to, to cut something.
0: off multiple toes if it could end quarantine, just for you or for everyone? I
1: thought about this. I think I would lose a pinky if it means that this was over.
0: How are you going to drink your tea?
1: Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. think about that. Yeah. I don't want to be uncouth. Yeah. How about a pinky toe? Although yeah, I okay. raise those too when I drink tea.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that also like throws off your balance, doesn't yeah. it?
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, you really I don't know. My dog balance. lost anyway, two toes so. to cancer and she's fine. Yeah. I'd cut off two more of my dog's toes. How about that?
0: <laughs>
1: That's dark.
2: <laughs> you got to put them on a key chain for good luck. hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Bonnie's wardrobe also, I mean, I got to touch on that. Everything. Unsung hero of this movie. The berets, the sweaters, and the skirts. I love a silk skirt and like a sweater set and a beret. I want to dress like Faye Dunaway in this movie is what I'm saying.
2: She looked great. That was my one thing. I mean, obviously, it's Hollywood, baby. But i I was bummed that they made them so like hot and glamorous. Yeah, I wanted them to be like backcountry. Yeah, low class West Texas,
1: like as they were. Yeah, right. Like Craig. Yeah, like Craig. Yeah,
0: garbage.
2: (laughs) That is what they were, right? They didn't all have perfect teeth and like, you
1: know. No. No. No, deaf not. Deaf not. I think yeah, the beret thing was real, though. I think she did wear berets.
2: Didn't he make her take it out? I he remember.
1: made her take out her, her she had a beret. Oh, yeah. And he oh, was like, beret. and the little yeah. curl thing, and he was like, I don't like it. Again. Was he gay? That's the thing that was, where, I mean, that was. Or
0: asexual?
1: Asexual, maybe? Yeah.
0: Interesting. I don't know. Was he into C.W. Moss? I mean... Is that why he picked up that young boy?
1: They were getting Did all some onside. Do you think
0: it side? was weird that C.W. Moss's dad was way angrier about the tattoo than the fact that he'd been on a uh, bank robbery spree where multiple police officers had been murdered?
1: Yeah, that was a shock. That was a shock.
0: Right, but I do
2: think it goes... I mean, you know, he was obviously super poor, and I think it goes to the right. social commentary of, like... We, uh, like, yeah, fuck this, fuck the banks. Yeah. Get, your Get your money.
1: Get your money. Get that cash. Yeah.
2: Um, I didn't did think the, I didn't, go ahead. The, the sexual thing didn't read as gay to me as much as it did, like, impotence or ED. Right.
1: Yeah. Something like that. Well, because he, he well, like, the only reason why I say that is because he said right at the beginning when she was trying to, like, make it with him. Ooh, I like that term. She's, she's trying to make it with him. He immediately was like, it's not like I like boys or anything.
0: Megan froze.
1: Oh, shit. I, did I?
0: No, but now you're, now you're good. So okay. now you can... Uh,
1: Remember, he goes, she, he goes, it's not like I like boys or anything. Right. So I was like, are That's you protesting something. too much? And he <laughs> does seem like he's a, that he can sort of get off at the end
0: when he realizes his legacy is coming to an end.
1: Uh-huh. And he's got, like, uh, you know, opinions on ladies' hair.
0: yeah. Well, that was just, that was because he was, he was also preparing to do shampoo a couple years later. (laughs) So it's just like a mixture of, you know, he already had that like in
1: his head and. I just thought it was an interesting thing to add into a movie that's already has like a lot of other pieces going on. I appreciated it that I was like, oh, it really rounding out and that it wasn't so on the nose. Like it wasn't. Yeah. It was interesting.
2: There were a lot of nice subtleties in this film. Like the where they're shooting the, the shooting at that house that was seized by the bank.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that.
0: And yeah. then they bring up the one black actor in the entire film, not to say a line at all, but no. he does get to hold the gun for a second before they cut yeah. it
1: away. Well, he does. He does get to shoot. Yep, That's true.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought the craziest thing that happens in the movie is right after the police shootout when um, Bonnie demands Clyde pull the car over. So she can talk to him like three minutes after they've escaped the police. I was like, it's probably not the best time. (laughs) Wait, like we need to get some distance from all these angry police officers before we have this conversation. I promise you we will have it later on. No, just pull out into this field. We're talking right now.
2: Well, I love that she was really running the show. I mean, in the beginning, she's like emasculating him and being like, you won't do it. You won't use it. And uh, that was great. I yeah.
1: loved it. Wow. Um, I want to show you guys this. I hope it comes through over Zoom because it's so interesting. The picture of um, Blanche Barrow when they arrested her. Remember she got her eye shot out? Uh, yeah. That's her. She looks like Carol Channing in a black wig. <laughs> she, <laughs> does a, she does a little bit. And then this is... Um, What's his face on the ground with the half of his head blown off?
2: Oh, I can't see it.
1: Can you see him sitting on the ground like that?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is he dead, you think?
1: No, he, like, got half of his head blown off and then, like, still tried to run away. Like, you could see his brain. The The brother. Sorry, the brother. Yeah. Yeah. Like, half of his, like, forehead was blown away, and he well, could, like, like see in the, the movie, brain. like, I was
0: like, how is he, like, they yeah. talk about how his head got blown off, and he's, like, still alive, and I was like, oh, this is a little...
1: No, that's, that's real.
0: That's why they had to put Clyde <clears throat> down with 50 bullets.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what they said. They were like, they had been shot before and had survived, and they were not taking any chances. The Barrows were basically, like, Rasputins. Those they kept coming back?
0: Very strong. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was a
1: loud – I noticed – maybe it's because it's quarantine and, like, my street is pretty quiet, but the guns were so loud. Like, when I was watching in my living room, I I had the windows open and I was like, are people going to call the cops because they think something's happening? They're very loud gunshots. Um, So this is actually a
0: super interesting year because – so the next year is when the haze Code, the production code, officially goes away. Which basically was, you know, like when movies first made, men and women had to be in separate beds in their bedroom. and And it started becoming more and more lax. And a lot of people consider particularly Bonnie and Clyde and The Graduate and those movies to be the things that made people finally go, all right, we just got to get rid of this. We're not even paying attention to it anymore. And that's when they went to the rating system. Oh, I see.
1: So these are unrated movies.
0: Uh, at the time, I think they did go back, and the MPAA rated them.
1: What do you think after? That. What What do you think Bonnie and Clyde is rated? I mean, R. R. I would think, yeah.
0: They said. Yeah, that I think maybe, if it came out today, it maybe would just be PG thirteen though, because it's just the violence, and usually yeah. violence is rated as yeah,
2: it rated R. Yeah. Um, they say that like as far as violence on film goes, i don't know, cinephile. But that this was like a huge leap,
1: yeah, forward, yeah,
2: in like the depiction of violence. It looked legit. I mean, the it did, was scary. yeah,
1: yeah. The yeah. blood exploded like that. It was yeah, especially when they got shot and when when Clyde got shot in the arm and then Bonnie in her back.
0: Yeah, but well, when they shoot that first sheriff, yeah, face, yeah, in the face, yeah, it's in the face. Sort of pretty harrowing. Yeah,
1: it's good. I love
2: that. It ended with just, like, they're murdered, and now it's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And the title card, The End.
2: Yeah. It's great. Just yeah. Get out. Yep. Shoot him up and get out. Get
0: out of there. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of great movies, the next film is Dr. Doolittle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I texted this to Craig already, but I'm going to say it again.
0: Please.
1: Watching Rex Harrison kiss and then throw an animatronic seal into the sea is the true low point of my quarantine.
0: <laughs>
1: that was what the part where I just had to be like, I got to You know what? I got to walk away for a little bit. I got to walk away and, and do something to feel like a human again, because this is, this is, a, this is rough. This is rough. But
2: my favorite part about that scene though, is that he, he like whispers to her, like, if only you were human. Or yeah. Something. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, he wants to fuck that seal. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, he wants to sleep with this seal yeah. dressed as like his grandmother.
1: Yeah, if only he could fuck the animals. Yeah. Fuck like
0: the I, animals. I actually had a similar note even earlier on. I wrote, the back and forth between Academy Award winner Rex Harrison and a parrot is distressing.
2: <laughs> the, the parrot, too. Like, <laughs> the longest sentences like they they clearly abandoned the parrot thing halfway through the movie. Yeah. Just like yeah. squawk, I'll fly ahead and see what's happening on <laughs> the open seas, and then I'll report back and let you know how it goes. Squawk. You're like, Why the squawking?
1: The other I mean, I, I there's so many reasons why I hate this movie. There's a, <laughs> like let me start let me start from number one is the songs are bad.
0: Yeah, they're not My bad. Friend
1: the Doctor is actually probably the best song. And then everything else sounds like a My Fair Lady ripoff. Like oh, yeah. he, he like one of them is exactly the tune to why can't the children teach their, you know, or why can't the English teach their children how to speak? They're all they're bad songs. So like let's start there. Okay, fine. The characters are bad. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, so Matthew Matthew Mugg is just Irish Bert.
1: Yeah, that's it. He's just an <laughs> Irish guy. And also, but has no uh but it has no bearing at all. Like, the uh, it has no play, part to play at all. The girl kisses him, so you're thinking, oh, there's going to be a love story at least between the two between of them. These two. No, she ends up going for Dr. Doolittle. That's sweet, sweet. Who's sweet. a
0: total Clyde, by the
1: way. Total Clyde. Does not want to bang her at all. Is not interested in this beautiful lady. Uh, so there's that. And then... um also, the other thing that annoyed me is like he loves animals so much and this movie's all about like animals. Then they make up animals. Yeah. It's a real hat on a hat. He can already talk to animals. Where This is already a world where he can speak animal languages. Do we really need the giant pink snee- sea snail and the lunar moth and all these things that are... And the push me... Oh, the push me, pull me. Honestly, I cannot talk about the push me, pull me.
2: It's a push me, pull you.
1: I'm sorry. Push, push me... <laughs> How dare I? How dare I? Disrespectful. <laughs> it is the most u- unique animal in the world. I can't I cannot touch down on the push me, pull you. It will upset me.
0: We should also point out that the, the movie is about a man who loves animals more than anything else. And his first song is all about how he really wants to eat animals. So he's a reluctant vegetarian. Yes. And he has a whole stanza. Stanza. Whole verse mm-hmm. about how much he loves meat and how he just wants to eat meat, but also he loves animals. And he honestly does not seem super convinced that he loves animals enough to be a vegetarian. No, he says Which to, to like, the
1: pig, Relax, it's not like it's your cousin.
0: As he's grilling up bacon on the stove.
2: I, I, I you know what? I, it was nice living in a time where vegans are very proselytizing and shoving it in your face and shaming you. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see a self-aware vegetarian <laughs> who's like, I'll do it, but I'm not going to be happy about
1: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is, I mean, listen, I would love to sit down and eat Wilbur here. Um, it's just tough ever since I learned how to speak like, to them.
2: The vegetarian movement might actually be more successful <laughs> if they adopted this, this sort of tactic yeah. of like, Yeah, we get it. Pork's delicious,
1: but just you shouldn't. Yeah, just admit it. Just admit it. I'd love to see what Joaquin thinks of (laughs) of Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, it's
2: also funny that, especially in this this time of Tiger King, when we talk of uh, you know the treatment of animals and this uh, the hypocrisy of someone loving animals and keeping them in cages. You know, this doctor had all of these animals just. Crammed in a loft in England. He's a hoarder,
1: so he's a hoarder. He's one of those. Yeah, yeah he's a he's a cat crazy cat person. Who, with that, where there's, I bet there's dead animals underneath the floorboards everywhere.
0: And, yeah, he's like he like lives next door to the house from Notting Hill, <laughs> but his like entire apartment is filled with push me pull Yeah, which by the way, also like this amazing animal there's one of them in the entire world where does he, he take immediately it immediately takes it to the circus circus yeah he's got
1: to make that money yeah <laughs> he's exploiting that i mean yeah does that does the push me pull you get part of the profits probably probably, probably. yeah
0: i would have um, i also yeah. like that so the push me pull you comes from his friend who um, i by the pictures i assume is a native american hmm. Um, so they can only correspond by drawing. Well, he's pictures.
1: like a Sherpa, or like a yeah. he's like a native of Nepal because they wa- he walks up the push. You know what? I actually don't want to. I don't want to get into it. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. My,
0: the, the point I want to bring up with this is they have to draw pictures to speak with each other. Doctor Doolittle has taught himself over 500 <laughs> animal languages.
1: I didn't even think and of this. He cannot I
0: didn't even, even think learn of this. one human dialect other than English to speak with his very best friend. That's very
1: funny. (laughs) He speaks fish. He speaks fucking goldfish, and yet he cannot learn Nepalese or whatever. That is (laughs) fucking ridiculous. I hate Dr. Doolittle. I hate him so (laughs) much. They also kidnap a child. Yeah. Like, that child... A
2: child is taken from his home
1: there's and no way his parents home. would have let him go on a sea voyage to to s- sea snail yeah. island which they didn't even know that they were going there to be
0: fair if we've learned anything from watching musicals is british children are not really looked after no um i mean that honestly could have been michael banks and probably at some point the dad would have been like where's michael been yeah, but they I feel ha- like I haven't seen them in a week and a half. I've been at the bank. At least the Banks family hired
2: help. Yes, that's true. Yes,
1: you know, had and at the end well, they they flew a kite. For. I yeah.
2: drunk <sighs> Irish meat guy.
1: <laughs> the drunk Irish meat guy. I, I don't hate. Drink,
2: but I think
1: we can all. I, I hate. I mean, and especially because he wanted to go to. Remember, he wanted to go to Ireland so bad. Go back yeah, to of, Ireland.
0: Of Leave. anywhere. They're like, where, does, where should we go? Ireland. I mean, it's, it's a train
1: ride, but... It, it can't be that far. No. <laughs> huh. I, hate, I hate this movie. I really did not like this movie. It's so also this, long as fuck.
0: Yeah, two and a half hours long. This, this year, amazing in that four of the five movies are under two hours, which for any Oscar year is very rare Mm -hmm. particularly in the 60s when you start looking at some of the years is incredible because there's a lot of this is still this is kind of a epic period of time so there's a lot of three-hour films um so amazing and then the fact that Dr. Doolittle is two and a half hours and by the way was tested twice cut down both times because they were trying to make audiences like it better. This movie I was reading about, basically the studio that released this, and I forgot to write it down, but it's the same studio that did Sound of Music. And they were trying to replicate their success with Sound of Music, clearly by just stealing everything from Mary Poppins and My Fair Lady. But they were trying to make a ton of money again. So it was this movie and then this movie Star, which I'm not familiar with, and Hello, Dolly. They did all three of those, trying to replicate Sound of Music, lost money on all three. And then they reek cooped the money finally when they re-released The Sound of Music <laughs> the theaters.
1: We haven't done that year yet, but like spoiler alert for that. That's like my favorite, that's my favorite movie musical of all time. Uh, it's, the, it's great. CC5. Yeah. CC5. It's, the, it's, it's amazing. This is, this, this good sir is no sound of music. That's wild to me.
2: It's hardly music at all.
1: It's hardly music. Rex Harrison and also this is the other thing too. As much as I like Rex Harrison, he does this in My Fair Lady too. It's a sing-speak. Yeah. Like all all of these songs like they start off you're like are we getting a song right now? Cuz you're like cuz he kind at first he the way he gets in he's like he's always like mm, I got to dip my toe first. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like speaking in rhyme and then he kind of gets into the song. And, you know, diminishing returns on that, for yeah. sure.
2: Well, he even once he's singing, quote unquote, he's barely singing.
1: Barely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And with
0: with I Think I Like You, um, that he sings on the island before they're taken in by natives that, by the way, when it seems like they're going to be murdered, none of them seem super concerned at the fact no. that they are literally tied to post and about to be javelined. Um, is is Doolittle a virgin?
1: No, he's fucked. He a, he's fucked at least a, a, a few of those animals. Of
0: those okay, animals. is he a human virgin? I mean, I'm
2: sure he's not, but I think he didn't care for it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He tried it once. Yeah. 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 It's Jesus not like has, eating meat. Like, yeah. He didn't like it. <laughs>
0: So this whole movie basically is, I mean, what the fuck the plot is, but we're supposed to be waiting for this fucking pink snail. So that's the whole thing. He's trying to find a sea snail. And then we finally see the sea snail.
2: (laughs) You can pull up a picture.
0: (laughs) Um, Uh,
1: I can't. Do you know, do you
0: want to guess how much the sea snail weighed? What do you mean in real, like in,
1: uh, like the, the, the prop? practical
0: of the practical effect. Yeah. The prop of the sea snail.
1: I don't, I cannot imagine. Is it just styrofoam? Is it, is it, is it like five pounds? Is it like nothing? It weighed eight tons. <laughs> eight tons for that one amazing. shot?
0: <laughs> Did it actually float? Do you, yeah. Do you want to know how much that sea snail prop cost
1: in 1967? I have to know.
0: Two million dollars. It cost sixty-five thousand dollars, which is now the equivalent of five hundred and seven thousand dollars.
1: Are you kidding me? I'm not. Cost half a million dollars.
0: Yeah, that's insane. But it really paid off. That's what's <laughs> important. I'm sure-
1: <laughs> With every penny.
0: Yeah, William Shakespeare the tenth was really into it. I'm sure. Um, Willie. So this film. Uh, before we move on. Has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of any Best Picture nominee in history. Really? And there was an outcry when it was nominated for Best Picture because it was so critically, like poorly performing. And so did the
1: studio just lobby hardcore?
0: Yes. Basically, they just threw multiple lavish dinners for Academy voters. So, so Dr. Doolittle got in as a nominee.
2: They threw 16 consecutive days of screenings with like champagne dinners for all the Academy voters. And voila.
1: Can you imagine having going to 16 of them and having to watch this movie 16 times?
2: <laughs> that, that is brutal. I, it, it was like, it felt like three movies shoved into one. Movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: at one point I was sort of losing track of time and they were in the courtroom when he was being sentenced for murder or whatever. Uh-huh. And I was for like, killing this
0: for killing the granny that smelled like fish,
2: right? And like, surely, like in a lot of musicals, the courtroom scene is the act three, yeah, you know, finale. So I was like, oh, okay, this is it. And then I pressed pause, <laughs> and I still had a, another hour, <laughs> and I was like, This is, this is devastating.
1: That's so demoralizing. It's the most, from doing this podcast, it's so upsetting to be watching a movie and be like, oh, we're we're almost there. And then looking to see the amount of time and it's an hour or more left. It's, uh, yeah, there's too many, too many different movies going on and none of them good. None of them interesting at all. And that courtroom scene, that was the one of like, why can't the... Where he's like, why, why can't we treat animals? Uh, I like people and animals. animals.
2: Wait, that song won the Oscar for best song. No,
1: it did not.
2: It did.
1: It's not good. None of them are good. Yeah. Also, and I can't sure. think, other than My Friend the Doctor, I cannot think of but how any of the, the other songs to, go. Talk even. to
0: the Animals is the famous one.
1: Yeah, talk to the end. I, but I can't even think of how that goes, really.
0: So, uh, before we move on, last question. Well, here's here's a question. This isn't a question. This is rhetorical. Why do they stop making? Why do they keep making Doctor Doolittle movies? That's a great question. And based on Rotten Tomato scores, with which take or leave Rotten Tomatoes, how would you or what do you think the order is between this, the Robert Downey Jr. Doolittle? in Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle. Okay, here's what I'll say. Best reviews, second and last.
1: I remember not, I don't want to say liking, but I remember the Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle fondly. Same. So I think that's probably the best. And then this one, and then Doolittle.
0: Rotten Tomatoes, 42% Eddie Murphy, 30%. Rex Harrison, 15% Robert Downey Jr. Really? That one's that much worse, huh? Yeah. So those three films combined don't even reach 100%. Yeah.
1: So guys, maybe it's time to let the, let the Dr. Doolittle dream die.
0: Yeah, yeah, but look at the look at the box office receipts because that's the real. Mm.
1: Well, this movie
0: didn't do well, and the new one didn't do well. I'm sure the Eddie Murphy ones probably did
1: well. Yeah, there's like because the there was like three of them. Right? There was
0: a sequel, and then there's like two straight to video sequels. and yeah. it's like his daughter from the movies. Oh right, she's like yeah. oh, she becomes a vet. Isn't that Raven Simone? I think so.
2: I
1: yeah. think so. Yeah. Um, that's Doctor Doolittle. All Give right. it a rest, guys. It's yeah, not yeah. that interesting.
2: Yeah. I did like the Richard Attenborough scene where he sings, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's, I remember that song. I remember that song. Not a great then, song, but. But you know what?
0: Then later on, he'd see way crazier stuff. Yes, he would. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Trust His him. wife. <laughs> she was a oh, looker.
1: She was. <laughs> His wife had a lot going on. Anyhow. Yeah. The Graduate. Ugh, this movie is incredible. This movie is good too. This movie is a good movie. Uh it's really, it's the opening scene is like the when he from when he gets from the plane to the party, him just like walking yeah. around the party. I was like, I think that's my favorite part in the whole movie. Oddly, like I was like, ugh. I think this really resonated with me. <laughs> As a recent college graduate. As a recent college graduate. <sighs> Fuck you, Craig. Uh, no, but after, especially going to an art school after graduation, that like aimless kind of, it, I just think it, it the, uh, uh, I'm, what I'm trying to say here, the Unisom is really kicking in. I think that they, this you movie does. You in
0: the other half tablet right there. Half tablet. I'm
1: going like, ooh. <laughs> they do, this movie does mood really, really well. You know what I'm saying? Like just Mm -hmm. the, the, it feels so, it feels so listless in a, in a way. And then, and then when, when Anne Bancroft comes in, it really gives it such a jolt of like a direction. Um, I'm trying to think of smart things to say about this movie. It's beautiful. It's a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. I wrote plastics. Still works. Still works. Hmm.
2: I uh, I'm gonna go ahead and throw a hot take in here.
1: Uh oh. Uh oh.
2: I do not like this movie. Wow.
1: Really? I don't like it. Wow, that's a sh- that is surprising because this is one of those movies where I'm like, I can't see how anybody would not like this movie.
2: Well, here's the thing: I've seen it before. Obviously, I rewatched it. I think I the mood I just don't like. I I do not like Simon and Garfunkel. I don't like, the sound <gasps> of the music. I don't like the boring, like, you know, it's so mellow and melancholy and like, get a fucking drummer, get a drummer. What are we doing? Here? Oh my get a God. tambourine, anything. Just, it's just like, I'm going to die soon. Like I, oh, I cannot deal with Simon and Garfunkel. And it's the whole movie. I've seen the Paul
1: Simon movie. in concert two times and he's incredible.
2: With Garfunkel?
1: No, just Paul Simon.
2: And you know what but he did, but side.
1: both times he closed with the sound of silence and I cried. Tears, like flowing from my eyes, tears.
2: Yeah, I, I'm happy for you for that. Doesn't change how I feel about this. You're happy day.
1: that I cried at sound of silence? Because that doesn't sound great to me. And that was before the quarantine. So <laughs> let, me, let me tell you. Get to know you didn't go to a Paul Simon
2: concert during, <laughs> uh, I felt I feel nothing for Ben. I've, mm. I've never felt anything for him. There's I, I think there's very little character development. We have no reason, we have no insight into his sort of sorrow and why he's so downtrodden all the time. It's Were like,
1: you not depressed after you graduated college? I was so depressed. I, like, did not know what I was going to do with my life.
2: Sure, but, like, you you deal with it. I mean, he's I mean, he's also in his parents' pool and banging his hot mom's friend. Sure.
1: Like, I basically like, did the equivalent of that, ahead. which was I made gourmet meals for my parents <laughs> and masturbated a lot. Like, <laughs> Hello
2: well and that's why you paid what you did for your NYU degree <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm I, I, I guess I'm I, I haven't seen this movie since like college and it's funny how it resonated with me more now in a post college world um, and I uh, I the other thing too that it's interesting to me that you don't feel for Ben because I don't really feel I don't know that I don't feel for him. I guess what's interesting is I don't like Dustin Hoffman. That's uh, well-documented on this uh, podcast. I, and I don't think he's, the stuff that people like, think he's so great in, like Rain Man and uh, Midnight Cowboy, I don't care for. And I think he's over the top about it. No thanks. But I love him in this. I don't know why. He's very, there's a lot of also like laugh out loud stuff. Like when he's going to get, uh, when he's going to Berkeley and he's like, I'm going to marry Elaine. And they're like, that's so great. And he's like, actually, she doesn't know. She's not really a big fan of me. The way he delivers all of that so flat, it really made me laugh. And I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It really, it really resonated with me. And my favorite part, well, I say my favorite part is the beginning scene, but my favorite part is at the very end when they're leaving the church. And Anne Bancroft grabs Elaine and says, it's too late. And she says, not for me. I was like, fuck, yes. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of being, especially now in my 30s, it's weird being in between the two sort of things where I'm not just out of college, like like depressed trying to figure it out, but I'm also not, you know... 50 with like a child and like in an unhappy marriage. It's this weird sort of like middle ground of like, when is it too late? Is it too late for Anne Bancroft? I don't know. I, I, I'm fascinated by the themes of this movie. Craig, you want to weigh in?
0: Okay, go, Craig. You, Craig. Oh, I was just going to, do you want to know how old, um, how old Anne Bancroft was when this movie came out? I you know the answer to this because this was
2: one of my biggest issues with the movie. She was 37.
0: Oh my she was 36. God. 36. She was 36 when this movie six. came
2: out. And Dustin Hoffman was 30.
1: <laughs> Guess how old I am. No, you're
2: 36. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, so Ann Bancroft
0: looked older than 36. Well, so here's the 67
1: thing. 67 so, in six, like the, uh,
0: yeah, you know what I'm saying? Well, so yeah, Dustin Hoffman, A, probably always looked kind of old, no matter what. But he is also, he's in his late 20s when this movie is made. William Daniels. His Mr. dad creator, was only like 10 years his older. His dad was 10 years older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like this movie. I mean, I kind of, I agree with Chris in that I don't really feel for Benjamin, but I, but I think the difference is I do like the mood of the movie. I like it as a comedy. I like just like the little things like when he goes to the hotel to meet her and he's getting a room and they're like, are you here for an affair? Asking if he's there for yeah. like, and he's like,
1: "Uh, oh. um, well, then he has the toothbrush, and then he like to he do, does yeah. the thing, the overcompensating thing, where he's like... like I got, I got it, I got, got it, I got, I got, got, toothbrush, I got my so. toothbrush, I got it, yeah. it's good.'
2: Those um, scenes, that was my favorite scene, the scenes at the hotel, like with the affair, yeah. It, oh. But that opening scene, I thought, did a disservice for me in my eyes because this guy. Just graduated college in the 60s. By the way, most kids his age are fucking dying in a war zone in a jungle.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Not touched the- on really at all.
0: No. And he's sad. Because- I, think it's maybe a y- I think it's maybe a year before the draft. Because I don't... I, Vietnam was going on, but I don't think they'd start drafting people until later in the 60s. Right. So. But,
2: like, he's flown around his pool. He comes home from college, which wasn't cheap obviously and his parents throw him a party and he's being a little asshole to everybody (laughs) he doesn't say hello or thank you or greet anyone or even fake it like listen we've all been to places where we don't want to be put a smile on and shake some hands they're all there for you you know they dropped off an envelope of cash and instead you're hiding in your room crying you know
1: what's funny is when I graduated my senior year, my senior spring, I gave an interview not to the NYU paper to some. I think to maybe to the NYU paper to some online thing or whatever. A friend of mine because I was in, also a journalism major, um, and they wrote an article about like ki- like you know the, the high uh, not high school uh, college seniors and like what they were going to do and how it was like this was two thousand six or so it was whatever. They just interviewed to say, like, what, what what is your plan? And the interview that I gave, the quotes that they pulled where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm crying every day. I'm freaking out. Like, you know, school has always been my thing. I'm not going to school anymore. Like, this is a huge transition, whatever, the whole thing. And then it got published online. And somebody, some, like, Reddit, like, pre-Reddit or whatever, picked up my quote of, um, like, you know, I've been crying every day trying to figure out what I'm going to do and ripped me to fucking shreds. Like truly for like the first like five years after I graduated, if you Googled me, the first thing that came up was this article that this guy wrote about like, this fucking bitch who like went to NYU, you don't know, like, oh, so we feel so sorry for you. This one quote of me being like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm freaking out. And I finally had to email him to be like, hey, um, it's been a few years and it's not great that when you Google me, like, this is what comes up. Could you maybe, like, take that down? And, um, he was a fucking prick and was like, no, like, you're a spoiled brat, back to me or whatever, which, okay, maybe true, but also, like, please don't, do like, I gave an interview to a friend and, um, and then finally, I booked enough stuff that that's not what comes up anymore. But anyway, that's the story. So maybe that's why I feel for Benjamin.
0: Also, guys, if we can find that and get enough page views, it'll keep bumping back up Megan's Google search.
1: That's. I'm <laughs> very sorry that I. I'm very sorry that I brought that up. I don't know how you'd find it now. Yeah. Megan Murphy crying. That could be a lot of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do you um do you think that uh. You would be able to uh, date someone if you knew, knew that they had uh, slept with one of your parents? No. Yeah. I think it would be rough for me. And that's my biggest
2: problem with the <laughs> movie, is yeah. that they create this love story, and there's, they give you zero reason to root for this couple, and yeah. zero reason for why Elaine likes this guy at all. He's been nothing but... He tore her family apart, Yeah. had an affair with her mother stalked her at school yes yeah.
1: so right. although very flattering
2: took her on a date to a
0: a burlesque club and was a total asshole to her yeah
1: but apologized
0: real real fuckboy move to go to the break. it
1: is a real fuckboy move and also that's character development in the beginning he like couldn't he was like a he'd never had sex before and was like afraid of mrs robinson and then He's, like, now become, like, a real fucking asshole. Like, she made yeah. him this person that, like, would that would go to a... He would never have gone in the beginning of the movie to, like, a burlesque club. Yeah. I, I it, See, it makes sense to me because I don't think they are right for each other. And I don't right. think that they end up together.
0: Yeah, which is why the last shot's so famous. Because, basically, they get on the bus and Mike Nichols tells them, you know, you're elated by this. And then he just keeps the camera rolling. So that elation goes into something else because they were basically just waiting for him to call cut and it just kind of goes on and on. Yeah. They don't know what's going on and that's what he wanted the couple to feel also. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what uh, would annoy me the most if I was Benjamin. Uh, And Chris, I don't know if you'll be able to understand this as well as Megan does since we both live out here. Can you imagine how fucking annoyed you'd be if you drove all the way to Berkeley (laughs) only to find out the wedding was at fucking Santa Barbara?
1: (laughs) That's why this is a this movie. This is this is one of those examples that really could have benefited from cell phones. Yeah, because that would be very irritating. Yeah, very irritating.
0: You just drove six and a half hours to Berkeley from LA, and then you got to turn around and drive five hours back to Santa Barbara.
1: Kind of funny to see Santa Barbara very like undeveloped though, underdeveloped. Yeah, like Santa Barbara is like a real city now. It's yeah, just like orange groves and stuff on the side.
2: Yeah, but the thing is, if you complained about that to me, I'd be like, yeah, but you fucked my mom. (laughs) Ruined my life, so... And you just ruined my wedding.
1: Yeah, but she should... That that, guy was a... That guy was wrong, too. That guy sucked. No.
2: Why? He was such a nice guy.
1: Ugh, no, he was... Worst of all, they said when he talked to his frat guys, the frat guys were like, oh, make out, McGee or whatever his name was. And then they were like, tell him to save me a piece. Like, gross. No, don't marry a black frat guy. Elaine is yeah. great. Don't ever marry someone who is in a fraternity, Chris.
2: <laughs> yeah. Instead, just marry the guy who bangs your mother.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I would do there that. Is. Yeah. At least you know he was taught well. You know what I'm saying? Hey, oh. Hey, guess, guess who's coming to dinner?
2: I, wait, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> um, Bernie
0: Mac. <laughs> Oh, Chris, is that the one you watched? That's not the right.
1: No one's coming to dinner because we all have to stay in our homes. Oh, that's true. God, I'd love to have someone over for dinner.
2: My internet connection is unstable.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, you froze for a second there. but um, Right in the middle of banter.
1: I cried at this movie. I cried at the end.
0: Oh, yeah? It's Spencer Tracy's speech. Yeah. Well, well, it's a good speech. This was his la- last film, basically. Is it really? He was nominated posthumously for the Academy Award. Aww. He died between the time this movie came out and the Academy Awards. Oh. He, he died 16 days
2: after shooting ended.
1: No way.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, wow.
2: And he was living with Katherine Hepburn. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, they had been together forever. They just never married because... He wouldn't get divorced because he's he Catholic. He not get divorced.
1: Um, she's a queen, man. I love Kate Hepburn. Yeah. Love her.
2: She's got wet eyes. Her eyes are always wet.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
2: Moist eyes. Yeah. Every-
1: she was truly on the verge of crying throughout the entire thing. But her, her reaction was my favorite. I think of all the reactions of just the like silence, the re her reaction to Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Sydney Poitier is who's coming to dinner, by the way. And also his yeah. parents, question mark. Uh, uh
2: Monsignor Monsignor uh, Stephen and Monsignor
1: okay. and the Monsignor, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting. This was another movie where I had to do a little bit of a deep dive because I Loving versus Virginia was 1967, but that wasn't which is the year this came out, right? But that wasn't in every state, like because they, they were flying to Geneva to get married. But you could have gotten married. They could have gotten married. I'm sure in California. But yeah, this was more about. The
0: just familial um, and people not being okay with it. Yeah, I I don't think I. I mean, I don't know for sure. I would assume probably in California you could do it before you could do it in Virginia. Yeah. Um,
1: I guess what I like. I think what I liked about this movie a lot was that in the same way that you like that what Chris said about Bonnie and Clyde that they weren't like just like evil like murderer people. I like that these people were not they they, they existed in the gray, right? They yeah, weren't it's not, it's not
0: like Spencer Tracy was Endicott from in the heat of the night. Exactly. We'll exactly. Yeah, right.
1: They weren't they they weren't like overt, like racist people, but they also weren't super cool with their daughter marrying a black man. Right. So I and I I appreciated that a lot. And I, I thought that the philosophical questions that they went through were very like understandable in a way of like, of just them being like, we're worried about them. We're worried for their children. We were worried. Like, we don't want to make, we don't want our daughter's life to be hard. We don't want our son's life to be hard. And that was something that was like very, you know, as much as I'm like, obviously interracial marriage is fine. Right. uh, That in 1967, that is a, as a, as a parent, that's a fear that you would have. It was an understandable fear.
2: Yeah, I think what was interesting about it to me was how many factors they piled in, like, complicating factors they piled into this relationship. Um, Because there were, like, a million reasons you could justifiably protest this marriage. Mm -hmm. It's like, he's
0: also 14 years older than you, and he's a widower that also lost a child, mm-hmm. so he's lived a very different life than you. Also, you're 23, and he's an international doctor. Yeah, like. And
1: you met two weeks two, two ago. Weeks ago. And In you're, Hawaii, you've known each other for 10 days.
0: You're
2: giving me an ultimatum mm-hmm. about giving you your permission, and it, it was just like, I, I think it could have been, I don't know, more effective if they sort of stripped some of that stuff away yeah right and it was and they really focused on the fact that like no this is this is a race thing, yeah Plain.
1: if they had met at college or you know something like that, it bothered me a little bit that he was they seemed to be they seemed to start coming around when they found out like he was a doctor, and a bunch of people were like, well, he's a really big you know like he's a big deal, yeah. like yeah. if he hadn't been would that be, you know, like yeah, if he had been a mailman,
0: like his dad was, it's yeah. then all of a sudden, like this whole thing's not okay. Yeah. But
2: that, see that part I liked because that takes that out of the equation. Right. You know what I mean? Cause, yeah. cause that's a, another issue that could have been like, well, he's in, a, he's a different class or. Right. Or a different, you yeah. know, you know, he's blue collar or whatever. But the fact that it was, there were so many factors that you could be like, wait, time out. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. And you're going to fly to Europe to get married?
0: Yeah. Joey's also pretty blind to why anything would be an issue, and I don't know if we're supposed to take that as, like, a generational thing or what, but the fact that everyone around her, including Sydney Poitier, like, understands like, why this might like, put us like, yeah. everyone's going to be like a little, whoa, hold on a second. And Joey's just like, what?
1: Well, I kind of liked, in a weird way, I liked that because, and they, and and Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy talk about that a little bit. They like touch on like it's so crazy that she doesn't even see this as an issue. This is how we raised her, yeah. like th- we raised her to not think white people are any better, and and now she's like, you know, taking that at the, to its logical next step of like, well, why right. can't I marry an African American? Yeah, and and why would that be an issue for us? I think there's something. I think especially this coming out in 1967, and she's like 20 or whatever, supposed to be like 20 in this, is such a commentary on like the youth, you know, and also her her white her own white privilege that she grew up in San Francisco, yeah. daughter of liberals, like yeah, it makes and and she's never had to deal with prejudice on her own, so of course she's not afraid because she's never had. She's never had to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Wheezy Jefferson was literally her second mother.
1: Yes. <laughs> Wheezy Jefferson, she who does is, not care for... <laughs> for Sidney Poitier. Sidney no. Poitier at she all. She's
0: great, but the scenes with her are shot differently. Like, there's certain... At one point, I was like, just let her look straight down the barrel. Because she has, like, these laugh-in lines where she'll be like... Like, one of her lines, she literally says... Civil rights is one thing. This is something else. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I
0: was like, this doesn't. And also the scene where her, um, where the younger woman um, goes out to meet the delivery and just guy dances. And they're just like dancing. I was like, what is happening right now? Like <laughs> for like forty is this, seconds. Is this like a second unit director <laughs> shot this scene, and they needed to keep it in the movie for some reason.
1: That was, I was funny. Just they
2: had to come back at some
0: point. Yeah.
1: And it
2: nope. didn't. No. No. It reminded me of a scene from Austin Powers. Like, Yeah.
0: yeah. They're like, no, no, no. was all, The guy was also like, keep it cool, mama. <laughs> <laughs> you dig? That was... Um, why does everyone in this movie say Hawaii? Whenever they say Hawaii, they always say Hawaii.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I didn't... Uh, maybe that's a 60s thing. Yeah, because it's because it seems more um, exotic that way.
2: When did Hawaii become a state?
0: Uh,
1: 50s in the late 40s. 40s? I no.
2: Um, I have a I have a conspiracy theory.
0: Okay. It's about Hawaii. <laughs> guess
2: who? Guess who's coming to dinner? Uh huh. Black man, white woman, meet in Hawaii, go overseas.
1: 1959.
0: Oh, it's it's Obama's. Which is the Obama origin story. Yeah. Wow.
1: When I think. Dun dun dun. Does that. So that makes Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy Obama's grandparents. 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 Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's fun. Really I love, love that for him. I love Romero. that. I yeah. see that for him. I really do.
0: Um. I like that the the constant of women are good and men are bad. We're yeah. basically like both the mothers are like, yeah, actually we're fine with it. But that.
1: That makes sense like, to me.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like it works.
1: I buy that. Um,
0: I did not like going back to
2: Joey. I, I felt like it's one thing to be blissfully in love and, yeah. you know, sort of post racist, but it's another thing to be completely naive and not understand the, cultural
1: goings-on. Yes. She was super naive, for sure. Like, even if this all takes
0: place, like, seven years later, maybe, but, like, this is in the middle of the civil rights movement.
1: Yeah. Like... But she also grew up in San Francisco. She's 20 years old. She's, like... She went to college. She reads the news. Yeah. She runs a newspaper. Sure. I I think... But I think the idea... I think there's one thing about seeing the news and another thing of, like... Everyone around you is—it's sort of in a strange Not way. Everybody. What about Hillary? That bitch. Oh, that bitch. That bitch. That was the right. best scene when Let's, when Catherine no Hepburn politics, was like, <laughs> "No politics, no politics." Wait, I mean, it's kind of in a in a weird way of like I have no reference point other than Maddie's parents for Republicans.
0: Chris is one. Or oh yeah. one. I was registered Democrat because of Donald Trump. So.
1: Uh, I have no, I have, I have no reference point for that. So it's sort of like a thing of like, I don't know. Um, I don't know uh, what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah. And her name is Hillary, right?
1: Yeah. Hillary. Uh-oh.
0: Thickens. Dun, dun, dun. Interesting.
1: Um, she got the, fired uh, though. She did. It's not like she didn't. She did. We, la-
0: we like the scene when, um, they go out for uh, a drive. Um, and Allie goes, why is she wearing medical gauze? <laughs> Catherine Hepburn's wearing like a white, like...
1: Oh, yeah. Space <laughs> like space <star>. cream.
0: <laughs> and then they get in that car accident and everyone like claps. I was like, what is
1: going on at Mel's Diner? Remember there was like this such crisis. a long thing of like Spencer Tracy of like, what was the ice cream that I liked? Yeah.
2: That was the most on the nose metaphor of all time. Like, this isn't what I wanted well the more i try it the (laughs) more i like you know what i'm gonna write this
1: maybe this is okay good um still still worked for me still effective
2: i wanted more situational comedy honestly like there was a lot of talking about about you know how this could be uh a problem, but like let's just have them all together and see it happen. Let's see yeah. the cultural differences. And if this is gonna be a comedy, let's have some jokes, maybe. Yeah. Was know. it supposed
1: to be a comedy? I didn't see it as a comedy.
0: I saw it as a comedy. I think I think probably then it read more as a drama. I think now to us it feels like a little proselytizing. Um, because I think a lot of people watching this is preaching to the choir you know obviously yeah we don't have an issue with it but I think at the time um just like I think like that last monologue I think is super overwritten now but I think he does a hell of a job delivering it also I wrote down that um pigmentation problem would be a great improv group name for a for a, uh, a group of people of color that would be fun uh, yeah that would be we fun Improv got canceled in New York. I don't know if you heard. Uh, <laughs> oh right, 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 right. You gotta, you gotta come out here. It, it hasn't been canceled here yet. Yeah, nothing's
1: been canceled here. I just went to two Paul Simon concerts. Oh,
0: <laughs> right. We're, uh, we're working on it though. We'll have improv canceled before the year's out. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. That's our guarantee.
2: That's our guarantee.
1: Um, yeah, I think this movie's good. I enjoyed I it. Great, it moved. Yeah. It moved for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: moved you or moved for you
1: both I was moved by that final speech and there was some other stuff that I was moved by I think also we're kind of not discount we are discounting the um Sidney Poitier really sells it he's a very and we'll talk about that next but he is a very watching him I don't know that I've seen him in something really before or not in a starring role but um He's a very likable, very watchable uh, actor. So an, I think another reason that I bought so hard into it was I just liked him a lot. Yeah. Um, in the Heat of the
0: Night, the 1967 Academy Award winner for Best Picture.
1: What a Woo! delight. What a fun movie. It yeah, just goes, go. man. I love the girl I mean, that plays Dolores. Uh, I said that that scene where she's like, "So hot, you have a feel the cool marble against your skin." Love that. Uh, loved it. The the I was very. It was difficult to watch. Uh, but there's some really great scenes. They call me Mr. Tibbs. Is great. The slapping scene is so tense. Mm. Um, basically,
0: he. Basically, I was reading. He said he really wouldn't do the movie unless that was in it.
1: The slapping because bit
0: not in the book and I guess they had said that he was gonna get slapped and he was like I'm only doing this if I slap back yeah because like it would be human instinct to immediately slap slap him back, back. And just because I'm playing a black man in the south like I'm not gonna just like get slapped I'm like it'll be okay
1: yeah no I love when that and that's a super smart move because that was the best that was like the best part of the movie yeah um my only my only gripe about it was um and I really enjoyed it my only gripe was the uh it the case or whatever yeah. falls apart a bit at the end. Yeah. It's I, well, I thought well, it was gonna be a better reveal and I was like, oh it was just that guy and like Yeah. Well yeah. and the
0: part of the problem I think with it is the way it's set up because of you know, you can see why they, this they took this movie and they made it a procedural that was on for eight years.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and you can tell like how easily this would be like a case of the week show. But particularly, like Indicott is set up as such a villain. Yes. To now, there's something to be said for him not having anything really to do with it. Yeah. At The end. But at the same time, it's like you want
1: him to get. You some want sort of him offense. to have. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, when they leave, to, he says he's like a John
0: Houston Chinatown character. Yeah. Like, this guy sucks. Like yeah. I want him to be punished.
1: And when they leave, he when he they leave, Cindy Poirier says like I'm going to take. Like, give me a couple days. I'm going to take him down off of this hill or whatever. I'm going to pull him down. And you want to see that happen. And then not only does it not happen, but the, it's just a little, like, the police work at the end is just like, how did it, it, what, I don't give a shit about the, the man in the diner. Right. Yeah. And it just seems like coincidence basically. And then, and it's coincidence kind of that he figured it out. But I like that they. I mean, they really went after some taboo stuff, like not only with the racism stuff, but like she, he goes to see the abortion doctor, yeah.
0: the abortionist,
1: the abortionist,
2: who is his mother in Guess Who Came to Dinner? Guess Who's Coming to Dinner?
1: Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't even that realize her. that.
2: Yeah, same actress.
1: Oh wow. Yeah, there's only picture- so many uh, actors of color that they will. I did picture him getting the
0: call about both these movies, and being like, "Okay, so what's it race? Yeah, cool. Uh, Yeah, I'll do it."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I also feel like "Guess Who's Coming to Dinner" was—I feel like it was shot in probably a week and a half. Yeah, there's like four sets and like six scenes, so it was pretty quick. I agree with you, Megan. I I really like this movie as a who done it. It, like, really falls apart at the end. It does. And even, and obviously that's not the point of the movie. Um, And the most powerful part are the other circumstances. But if you look at the actual, like, plot of that, it doesn't even line up in my head. Because, first of all, the motivation is crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah. But second of all,
2: the sergeant or whatever was at the diner. Then he left to go spy on Dolores... And so, are we to believe that between when he left, this guy shut down the diner, was hitchhiking, killed a guy, took his car, dumped him in Main Street, and then left? And then the other guy discovered him.
1: Exactly. Prior to that. Exactly. I have no. Yeah did did he leave the diner and then come back and then deal? uh, Unclear. We'd never really get that. And then also, like. Why would they – why did they need Dolores to blame Sam for her pre- – like, why does that matter? Like, the f- – like, why would you – why would you finger a person on the police force for that? I, that doesn't yeah, make I don't know. any sense to well, me. I guess maybe the brother – maybe the brother had an idea – everyone in town maybe knows Sam Woods, drives by every night, and looks at Dolores – Sure, but I mean, if yeah. she's like, if she's going to be pregnant, like, what? What, it, what does it matter to her? Six of one, half dozen the other. If they're, and at that point, I'm like, well, if if, if the diner guy got you pregnant, like, just get married, and you know.
0: Or like, also, if you're just going to get an abortion, why does she, how does the brother even find out about all this? Yeah, why does like,
1: he? Yeah, why does he even need even, to know? Yeah, that's the whole like, point.
0: I think he was trying to defend his sister's honor by making her seem. Oh, but we're talking about like, why does someone end up like telling the brother? And the yeah. Why would
1: that? he say, why would she tell him if she was just going to get an abortion?
2: That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it gets muddy. But those yeah. scenes, I mean, those scenes with Indicott or even just the, that opening scene where he finds him at the train station. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't say a single word until yeah. he's in with the chief. And I don't know if it was done purposely, but there's not there's zero score under the entire first like 25 minutes yeah. of the movie. So it's just lived in silence. Yeah, and you they bring feel that tense. Boss
0: theme song back in.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Well, they don't. You're the he. Long. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you feel tense. Well, you feel you really feel tense because you're like he could say it's such a weird. I mean you. It's so it's so crazy that, like, uh, he can't do shit without, like, you know, potentially yeah. getting shot. Like, that guy could have just shot him and it... Like, well, when Endicott's like, there's a time I could just shoot you for that. Yeah.
0: Um, and, his, and, like, just at the very beginning, him just going to try and grab his badge to show it. Yeah. Not being allowed to. No. Um, you know what my other favorite part, other than the slap scene, is, though? Is when the prolonged like dog chase, and then <laughs> Rod Steiger just like slowly pulling his car out, yeah. <laughs> like as he's trying to run for the border, he's just like, "I got him."
1: <laughs> Rod Steiger really took his damn time. There was like a when the guys the 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 posse is like surrounded Sidney Poitier and are about to like fuck him up, and he just kind of like walks in like, "All right."
2: You've had your fun. Yeah,
1: break it up now. I'm like, they were going to murder him, for sure.
2: Yeah, that stuff, that, I mean, with the drive, with the car chase scene, it's stressful. It's so, and it's really sad. Yeah. It's really powerful and sad. Yeah,
1: it's kind of a shame that that doesn't, that the, the mystery of the murder isn't more uh, satisfying because it would really take this movie up a notch.
0: That's exactly. Yeah, what I, yeah I agree. Um, but I do think there's almost something even sadder about watching a movie like this and being like Sydney Poitier went through this as yeah. opposed to watching, you know, green book or something where it's like, this is horrible. And like these people are doing a good job, but And Mahershala Ali obviously has to face certain things that I do not have to face as a white person, but he is not living in the same world that Sidney Poitier is playing himself as a police detective.
1: Yeah. Completely.
0: A real thing that he would be going through at the time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which, and and then watching, this is the first one I watched and then watching this, I think the next day I watched the graduate and to be like, to see a, a man with real problems And then to see this this kid in the height of the Vietnam War and civil rights be, like, down in his parents' fucking pool in Southern California, I'm like, I don't...
1: But there's not a hierarchy on suffering. I mean, there is, but at the same time, like, you know, everybody has their... Everybody has... I mean, if, if there's anything that the pandemic has brought to the forefront... Is that this sucks for everybody, whether or yeah. not you have an essential job or don't have an essential job, or you have children or you don't have children. I'm not comparing the plight of a college graduate to a black man in you know the 1960s, but right. I think the the point is that they're all that the, that there's stories that need that they're all stories that can be told. There's room for all of these stories.
0: Yeah. So like for for like just to relate it to right now, so. My wife's best friend just had to cancel her wedding in June.
1: That sucks.
0: Um, Because she's getting married out here. Most She's from Long Island. Her fiance is from Long Island. They don't feel, even if things are better at that point, they don't feel comfortable with older relatives flying across the country to come out here. Um, So her bridal shower was supposed to be last weekend, which obviously also didn't happen because it was supposed to be back in New York. And so Allie got her a cameo from Melissa Gorga. Cause they used to watch real housewives of New Jersey.
1: together. Oh my God. They, she did not. I love that. So Jill
0: like put it on Twitter and Melissa Gorga retweeted it. Um, just I'm sure partially just to be like, Hey, I'm on cameo. People can buy cameos from me. And one of the people like that commented underneath was like, meanwhile, more people have died than are in Vietnam. And it's like, yeah, Sure. But Jill also canceled her wedding because she like she just lost a great aunt to covid yeah. like she she canceled her wedding so her friends and family would not be put in any like bad situation, but now you're saying like, oh, sorry
1: about your shower, people are dying. It's like both things can be sad both things can be sad there can be all sad things can all yeah. be all sad there's no yeah. that's not yeah that's yeah. my that's my point
2: I totally but what but we, they never dive in even on a surface level into why Ben is sad.
0: Right. But I don't think that, I don't think that, I think you're looking at that movie in a different way than I'm looking at that movie. I'm looking at it as a comedy. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him. Like, and I, so it's, it's a different, uh, it's a different genre for me. Also, I did look it up the draft didn't start till 1969. So he wouldn't have been drafted at this point.
1: I don't feel bad uh, for Ben in The no. Graduate. I don't feel bad for him. I just think it's an interesting snippet of a time in a person's life. In, in I mean, I think it's
0: I think it's a satire about like I I don't feel bad for any of those people. They're no. all like the only person I feel bad for is that. Uh, no, that's not even the same. Uh, it was a different uh, movie. I, I feel bad for Elaine. Way. I thought about the waitress and then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's guess who's coming to dinner. I felt bad for that poor roller skating waitress.
1: <laughs> I feel very bad for her. She yeah. just wants to do her job and go. I also feel bad for the guy whose car he hit. Yeah. $400 to fix that car.
2: But well, he gets it cash though.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good just deal. Just buy a new car.
2: And his insurance rates won't go up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll work, I'll work that's the
1: way that you do it for sure.
0: It. Yeah. Okay, so before uh, we talk about any other movies from the year, if anybody has anything to mention, let's rank the best picture nominees five to one. Chris, we will start with you. Well, number
2: five is <laughs> Dr. Doolittle. I think that's pretty safe <laughs> across the board.
1: Oh, God.
2: Um, then The Graduate. Mm-hmm. Then, guess who's coming to dinner? Uh huh. In the heat of the night.
0: hmm.
2: And Bonnie and Clyde. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Although I will say, especially given the cultural importance, I I don't know if you were going to point this out, but I looked it up. the uh, The Oscars this year for the nineteen sixty seven were pushed back two days because of the assassination of Dr. King.
1: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah they postponed it, and <clears throat> given that, I think that. While I, I think Bonnie and Clyde is a better movie for me. Just in this moment, I think that it was important that In the Heat of the Night won the Oscar for Best Picture. Right?
1: Considering none of this matters anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, number five is Doctor Doolittle. Sorry, R. I. P. Rex Harrison. Actually, is he dead? He's dead. Yes, he's he dead. Must be dead. Yeah, he's got to be dead. He he's must still. be dead. Is what I. Sydney Poitier is not dead, though. <laughs> Cindy Poitier is still kicking. Still
0: alive. Yep. Gene
2: Hackman, too. Mm-hmm. Gene Hackman.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Oh, Faye Dunaway. Still alive. Uh, number four is Bonnie and Clyde for me. Uh-huh. Number three, I liked it. I liked it. There, I, this, I liked all four. I did not like Dr. Doolittle. Number three is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Number two is In the Heat of the Night. And number one is A Graduate.
0: It all comes down to this. Baby boy. Uh, Number one is Dr. Doolittle. (laughs) Uh, Number five is Dr. Doolittle. My number four is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. My number three is In the Heat of the Night. (sighs) Uh Uh-oh. I think two and one are both excellent films God he's really drawing this out I really am because I'm I have been going back and forth on it even before this whole conversation on which one I liked better which one I thought was better and for me right now and it could change tomorrow sorry Chris I have two as Bonnie and Clyde and number one as The Graduate
1: but it could change tomorrow
0: and It could change tomorrow, and it could be Dr. Doolittle.
1: could be Dr. Doolittle. He'll let you know. Yeah. Um, I have other-
0: for you. Yeah. If
2: I, if I may. So if you were an, uh, uh, an Academy voter, mm-hmm. you were voting on Best Picture, mm-hmm. how would you vote? Would it be based on the movie you liked the best, or would it be the movie you thought was the greatest achievement, or...?
1: I think the- a combination. I think I think it's all of the things. I mean, I think there is something to be said about. I think both Bonnie and Clyde and The Graduate were game changers. Like the sh- the shots in The Graduate is, uh, are unlike anything that had had come before. Like the the way that that story was kind of told, and then the violence and the and the sex in Bonnie and Clyde was like a a bit of a you know. I think I think something. It, We've talked about this before. I think it matters if you break the mold a little bit. And then I also think, it, and, it, and like the performances matter. And, you know, I think there's a list of things. But in the end, I think a lot of the times when I rank them, it goes back to, and we've talked about this, Craig and I have, if it was on TV right now, would I want to watch it? Again, that's not always the case. Like like Schindler's List kind of comes to mind a lot where like that was definitely the best movie of that year. It's not a movie that I necessarily want to like sit down and like have multiple, you know, reviewings of. Uh, but then a movie like Goodfellas is. I don't know. I think it's like a combination of... I think it's a combination of things. Would you agree, Craig? Craig, Chris? Craig, Chris?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's different because this, with looking back, I think it takes some of the social implications out of it. Cause like, I completely agree with what you're saying about in the heat of the night, but looking back, you know, 53 years later and being like, do I think in the heat of the night is a better movie than Bonnie or Clyde or the graduate? No, because I think that in a way, a lot of movie is about crime and the crime functionality of it completely falls apart at the end. Like we talked about. So I don't think that's the best movie of the year. Um, So, yeah, I think it's a mixture of things. I think for me, like if I was an Academy voter, I would vote for what I think the best movie is. Like, I don't think if I was voting, for instance, in 2000, and well, I mean, it's maybe a hard year to say because I don't think the movies that year were great. But if I was voting in 2003, for instance, I don't think I would vote for Return of the King just because the whole, like, series of Lord of the Rings films were so impressive because I think that's the worst of the three movies. And one of those nominees, I think, probably was a movie that I liked better than Return of the King. But it's hard to know for sure, like, in the moment. Um, Because there's a lot of movies that I have thought were my favorite movie at the time. That one best picture that even looking back on years we haven't done, just like Meg and I did our best movies of the decade, like, Spotlight was my favorite movie of that year. Looking back, I think Mad Max Fury Road, kind of holds up more in terms of just an accomplishment. Okay. Um, same thing with 12 Years a Slave at the time, um, but I'm not sure that looking back, I think that's by far the very best movie of that year. Um, so yeah, it, it is...
1: That's part of the fun of looking back, though, is you, is you really can take it out of context and be like, yeah. hmm, and see how it kind of like fits in with the picture of film as a whole. And, like, where we came from and sort of where we're going. We talked about this, like, a lot, Chris, but, like, I guess jury's still out on the 60s, although most of the movies I think we've done in the 60s have been pretty good. But, like, when we went back and, like, looked decade by decade, like, the 70s, incredible movies. The 80s, a lot of garbage. Like, it's weird how stuff kind of comes in how art sort of like comes in waves and and how things are like influenced cuz the 70s were such a cool dynamic time and the 80s a lot of times felt like just pale imitations of stuff from yeah. the 70s you know it took a while for those directors or whatever to or for for the cycle to repeat itself and then we got some really interesting exciting things in the 90s that was that were very unlike other stuff from the 70s yeah.
0: I think I think going back and doing the rest of the '60s it'll be interesting too because I think we've done some of the better years also already. Yeah. So I think we probably like '60. We all liked really only liked one of those movies.
1: Yeah. And '60 so. and when also I would say '69, we the the movie that we liked the most wasn't even nominated.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, um, are there any films from 1967 anyone wanted to mention that were not nominated? Um, I have a. I watched a couple of things.
1: I watched. I, I when I I used to love this movie and I rewatched it and it's I it definitely should be there over Doctor Doolittle. I don't think it would win, but I do love Two for the Road, um, which is an Audrey Hepburn Albert Finney Albert Finney movie, and um, it's sort of like uh it's just like a it's like a portrait of this is like the, t- the type of movie that I always fucking love is like the por- a portrait of like a, a disintegrating marriage, <laughs> mm-hmm. Revolutionary Road uh etc uh and it's just like a couple who have like a kid and they are it, it's like snippets kind of like looking back on their life and um they're both just very again the, it's not that like revolutionary of a movie but the the mo- I the mood it really resonates with me and both of those I love both those actors so much that I would watch them read the phone book it's enjoyable and it has a good director too. I can't I mean, there think. There
2: are of... definitely. Sorry, go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say there's definitely movies <clears throat> that from that year that I enjoyed much more than Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. Uh, Barefoot in the Park. Um, was great, cute movie. Um, Julian Luke is pretty neat. Um, but I thought the ones that were nominated were deserving, the top four anyway. Yeah. Although I did not like The Graduate.
0: Um, the I watched three, mo- three movies, um, Belle de Jour, which is a movie I had never seen before. It's a French film by uh, Louis Bunuel, um, which it's a little scattered in the way a lot of the French new wave-ish era is, but the stuff that works, I think, works really well. It's Catherine Deneuve, and she plays a woman who basically becomes a prostitute. That doesn't need, she's a, you know, an upper middle class, upper class woman that just does it. Um, So there's some interesting stuff there. The two movies I feel like definitely probably could have been in there over Dr. Doolittle or Cool Hand Luke, which I think is great. Um, Really holds up. Hot. Paul Newman. Paul Newman, babe. Can
1: get it. What a babe.
0: Those eyes.
1: I know. I still think I prefer Warren Beatty because I like brown hair more. But mm-hmm. hot and still alive, and also still alive. Um, Although Warren this- Beatty now, no, it's like Harrison <laughs> Ford now with his fucking earring. No thanks.
0: I had, I had, uh, I had remembered because I'd seen the movie before a long time ago, like the fun stuff, like the egg eating scene and um, the fight with Dragline and stuff like that. I had forgotten. There's some really The whole scene with him and his mom, Arletta, when she comes and she's dying and she's, like, in the back of the truck and he comes out and has a conversation with her is really touching. Um, It's a good movie. People should go back to that. Uh, I also watched In Cold Blood, which I had never seen the movie. Is that um, just
1: the adaptation of the book?
0: Yeah. And it's uh, it's Robert Blake and Scott Wilson. So if you watched... uh, the early seasons of Walking Dead he was Herschel um, anyway they play the two killers um, it doesn't live up to the Robert book
2: Robert Blake as a killer? I, I know understand.
0: it's hard to believe um, it did make me do a deep dive about Robert Blake uh, murdering his wife maybe um,
1: <laughs> allegedly. allegedly allegedly allegedly. it does it's it, feels a
0: bit, it feels a little bit like a, like a dragnet episode because it, it is sort of super procedural and doesn't, I, In Cold Blood is probably my favorite book of all time. So it definitely doesn't live up to it at all. Um, and the, there's a Capote stand-in, which is sort of this sort of like super straight, like <laughs> that you're like, it's just funny, even comparing it to Capote, uh, let alone the actual Truman Capote. Um, but that was actually, he was, uh, the director Richard Brooks was nominated for best director. And then the other four directors were from the four movies we li- that we thought were worthy of this year. Doctor Doolittle did not get a direction nominee. Um, so it feels like that in guy Cold was Cold pissed. Blood. Yeah, robbed. yeah. In Cold Blood probably was the one on the outside looking in there. Although I, I put Cool Hand Luke in there. I think would be my fifth selection. Um, first,
2: I I also but, did a, a dive into Robert Blake at, because I saw uh, In Cold Blood, also one of my favorite books. And yeah. I have not seen the film, but I saw it was nominated. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I didn't have time, or not nominated, but the director was, and I didn't have yeah. time to watch it. But I was looking up for Robert Blake and I didn't follow that case super closely, but his excuse for when his wife was outside. Yeah, this is amazing. And he was in the, he, he got his car with his wife and then he went back into the restaurant, which is when someone shot her in the head. Uh, and then he came out and his excuse was, oh, I wasn't there. I went into the restaurant because I forgot my gun in there. <laughs> that was his alibi, that he left his gun in the restaurant and had to go get it. And so, that's when somebody uh, shot
1: his wife. Yes. That's excellent.
0: But you know, after he... Um, so the balls he was, on that he was guy. A, he was acquitted um, criminally, found guilty in a civil trial. But you know who he said who it came out they thought was possibly to blame if it wasn't Robert Blake, was Christian Brando. Marlon Brando's son supposedly was having an affair with Bonnie Blakely, his wife. Hollywood, baby. Hollywood.
1: I thought you, when you said, I thought you were going to say Christopher Walken and I was like, how many? Walken, you got to get Ladies can Walken kill? Um, Because he did kill Natalie Wood, right? No.
0: No. Come on christopher walken didn't
1: something he could
0: have he wasn't the one that did it though it was what's his name robert uh christopher walken was on the boat that night i know but i don't think but every but natalie wood was dating what's his name they were married yeah he killed her
2: something happened robert wagner
0: 100 there's a there's a documentary about to come out on hbo about. is there really yeah it was coming soon when I was watching, uh, well, this is a good segue. Uh, Chris, you watching anything you want to tell us about? We usually ask people what their favorite movie of 2020 is. And I actually have a new favorite movie of 2020, I think. Oh, but, uh, I'm interested in that. Yeah, but it's, uh, but since we're not really going to the movie theaters, are yeah. seeing if there's anything people really like that they've been watching. Is it mo- movies or TV shows? Or are we sticking to movies?
1: Whichever.
2: Hi- um, well, I, I watched Bad Education, which I enjoyed. Thought that's the. Great. I think. Yeah, I thought that was great. Allison Janney's just just always fantastic.
1: Here's yeah. a hot take for you: Allison Janney is the poor man's Christine Baranski.
2: Oh, that's interesting. I think she's better than Christine Baranski.
1: Mm, disagree.
0: I think, she's, I think she. I, but I view them differently. Yeah, Put I think. That
1: the, she,
0: I think Allison Janney maybe has more levels. Just more voices, if nothing else.
1: More, definitely more voices. Yeah. definitely more voices. Better
0: yeah. host SNL. Yeah.
2: I also watched. Um, I watched. I finished Ozark. Um. So I'm happy to be finished with that. And uh, <laughs> I just, uh, do you guys watch Ozark? No. no. They're just. Oh, I can't. We can't talk about it. Then. But there's like major things that happen in that they just don't touch on, like at the end of season two a major thing happens and then season three starts and it's like it never happened and it's never talked about. But I've been watching um, on Netflix The Last Kingdom which I highly recommend. Oh, my
1: parents love that show.
2: If you're into, like, if you liked Game of Thrones, this is, it's similar in genre. It's about the unification of England. I think it's better.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh,
2: It's very good. I enjoy it very much.
1: Um, I've just been watching Billions of Playing Animal Crossing. So I actually got to get I, to that. I hope it's still time to buy turnips. I might have missed the turnips.
0: Meg, I got, I got a show for you. Oh, yeah? Have, have you watched any of Normal People on Hulu yet? No,
1: but I just downloaded the book because I was like, maybe I'm going to like the show, aren't I? Because it's sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's just about sexy Irish you know what's funny is Jacob Klempner texted me out of the blue two days ago. Yeah, um, watch normal people. Yeah. So okay. I, yeah. So yeah. fuck the book. I'll just. Yeah. yeah. So fuck the book. You're I'll just like watch normal people. Uh, but I think Bad Education is maybe my favorite movie of the year now. Really? It's
0: pretty bad and then, yeah. I mean, again, there has there's been very little. Um, Have you was, seen
1: Blow the Man Down yet? I got to get on that. No. My girl Margot. I,
0: I thought maybe it was. Career best for Hugh Jackman, also.
1: Hmm, better than The Showman. <laughs> Wait, the greatest. Wait, the what's greatest it called? Show, the, greatest the Greatest Showman. showman? Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Chris, uh, before we go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh
2: Jesus, no. Uh, my career is at a complete standstill, <laughs> along with the world and entertainment industry. Um, I will say that. You know, I'm not, I, I like movies, but I'm not like a big uh, movie buff, like going back in time and stuff. Like, I would never willingly just watch movies from the 60s, probably. Um, but this has been, it was a delightful task. Um, and also, as friends of yours, uh, so flattering to have been invited on this podcast.
1: You're the only you person want- that we would go to the East Coast for. Yeah. The rest Help of me. that the rest it can fall into the sea for all i care tell
0: people your twitter tell them about your sketch group oh yeah i guess
1: i do have stuff to put okay yeah
0: absolutely
2: um my name is chris caferro at chris Cafero across most mediums or at c caferro i don't know um i have a sketch group we are called uncle function we were a monthly show at the upright citizens brigade theater which unfortunately is not existent right now, but hopefully will revive. But you can follow us at Uncle Function. We've got uh, we're going to be doing some live shows. You're
1: going to get a lot of angry Mike Nichols fans hopefully, messaging uh, some you.
2: Netflix projects will resume. I love Mike Nichols. Birdcage, one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Nichols and May. I listen to those albums. I think they're brilliant. I just didn't like the Graduate.
1: Hmm. Meg, anything to plug? Um, I'm on Instagram at Murphy Megan. Um, I've been posting videos of me drunkenly making food in my kitchen. So enjoy that. They're also now on YouTube and I think I'm going to do it again today and make a little celery salad. Underrated vegetable, the celery, mm. in my opinion. Uh, You can follow us
0: on Twitter at the Oscar should on Instagram and Facebook at the Oscar should gone to. Um, If you like what you're listening to, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us find new listeners. Um, We will be back. I don't know. Two or three weeks with something. We don't don't know what we're doing. Hopefully in person. Yeah. Maybe in person. Fingers crossed. Anything's possible. Um, But anyway, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Uh wear a mask when you go out. And uh we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Ladies and I hope you have a good time.